4: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello?
0: Dom, how are you, mate? Hey, how you doing, Matt? I'm all right. Um, I guess, first of all, why don't you set the scene for us? Lockdown, quarantine in the jolly household. How's it looking? Good.
3: to be honest i'm from the generation x and
0: the kind of job where basically lockdown down at home is day-to-day routine That's pretty much what i do <laughs> yeah That's what i do anyway <laughs> but obviously
3: i've got kids here and i've got my wife here and we got dogs the dogs are the main problem because i've still got to go out and take the dogs so i kind of walk out and uh, avoid people by about 10 meters when i'm taking the dogs but you know what i mean it's a horrible situation but it's good family-wise like we're watching things together, we're playing board
0: games. I'm doing a lot of writing. So on a selfish level, so far so good. Were your kids all at home already or any of them at university or anything like that? No, my daughter's really,
3: well, lucky, Is a weird thing. She's finished school, she's in a gap year. So she wasn't at university, she's going to Oxford next year and that would have been a nightmare to like just cut off half a year. Um, and she was working as a waitress, so she got fired from that. But, uh, and she was going to go off on a gap year to a place like Vietnam and stuff, and that's on hold. But for what for what it had to happen, it was probably the best thing. And then my son was supposed to do his GCSEs, and now he just gets predicted grades, and his predicted grades are all right.
5: So, again, he's pretty happy with the situation, <laughs>
0: the lucky bastard. So it's kind and of a then, good time to be young, and especially at the age they're both at. I think, uh,
3: I mean, I can't imagine having kids you know, like really young kids being stuck like that must be an absolute nightmare. But at my age, I mean, if, if my boy didn't have Xbox, I
5: think he'd go crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's just weird times. But you've
0: got to deal with it. Yeah. Well, my landlady just gave birth to her first child on Monday, a week ago today. Um, and Christ. I can't even imagine how stressful going into hospital would have been, and then just, yeah, bringing a child into the world as it currently is. um, I can't even begin to imagine. And it is a weird time, but I guess there always has to be a positive in every negative. And like you said, with the situation the way it is for families, it's an opportunity for them to reconnect and get together and spend quality time. So it's not all bad. Yeah, it's not all bad. It's weird. I mean, I grew up in a
3: war, like in Lebanon, so it's kind of odd what happens creativity in these situations becomes really huge people become very creative and there is a kind of weird special time to it. obviously it's appalling for lots of people but i think when we get through it it'll hopefully have done some good slightly get rid of our slightly selfish individualistic society and make us a little bit more community-minded i don't know this is like a reality show where everyone says this is a journey
0: and everyone's gonna love each other when we leave we're gonna be best friends and then three days later you never speak to each other but there are good things that can come from it well you've obviously done the jungle so you're used to (coughs) you know cut back living and and was it that like everybody that you bonded with in that time was it then the case that as soon as the experience was over it was like oh okay I, I guess I'll see you around and then you don't well, yeah,
3: I mean, I've done a lot of those shows, and uh, very rare that I keep uh, in touch. But actually, Jenny Eclair, who was in the Jungle with me, and I are really, really best buddies now. So that was really nice. And then I've just done a show, which is actually coming going out at the end of this week, a series on BBC Two called Pilgrimage, where I walked from, Budapest, uh, from Belgrade to Istanbul. And uh, actually, I've become incredibly good friends with Adrian Childs
5: oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Pauline McLynn,
3: who's uh, who was. Uh, um mrs doyle and father ted so actually that was really uh that was really nice so you do occasionally make
0: really good friends on those but rarely like normally you say yeah we'll all hang out and then nothing i've got a couple of questions i want to ask you but let's break for a song first of all dom um and yeah. we're going to start with gang of youths uh and oh. a nice a nice title for a situation like this why don't you tell me about why the uh do not let your spirit Wane" song by these guys means a lot to you in these you know, strange, crazy times we're living through.
3: Do you know what? I've only recently discovered Gang of Youth, and I'm literally it was one of those situations where you think, where have you been all my life? This is a band from Melbourne. Uh, it's a great name, Gang of Youth. And I know the singer has been through particularly some tough times. I think he lost uh, his girlfriend. I think she died. Um, and this album is sort of about coping with that. And this song, Do Not Let Your Spirit Wane," is, it's so... Gorgeous and 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 just it just I, I literally can't stop playing it and then it has a sort of anger at the end. It's just incredible. I, I've just cancelled or rescheduled my tour I was doing round round England and and this was the song that I played just before I came on stage. So it kind of reminds me of my tour, but it also just I, I just honestly think it's one of the most beautiful songs ever done.
5: it comes like twice in a week it's been so for years and years on repeat and since then i've not had a full night of sleep as it plays out the same way i live with this girl and i kid. i'm as happy as a pig golden shit it's postcard i'm settled a pirate no more In the most of ways No carcinogenic And humdrum malaise And it's strange all the things That I've run from Are the things that my escape Possibly so, It's earth and it's heaven, all simpatico Floorboards laid out on the walls painted white My dream self and I like the same thing they are all set to leave, then I kiss them goodbye Get going, get gross, we something a night. and I'm drinking alone in the basement And play i my hallucinating do not let This thing you got to go to waste Do not let your heart be dismayed It's healed by some random disclosure of grace From some masculine great thing Let your life grow strong and sweet to the taste Cause the odds are completely insane Do not let your spirit wing Do not let your spirit
0: This is exactly the kind of song I could have imagined you using in Trigger Happy or World Shut Your Mouth back in the day. It's got that very Dom Jolly quality to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I know exactly what you're saying. I'd kill to put this on any soundtrack of anything I did at the moment. I I hate (laughs) to think that my soundtracks are predictable, but actually they are. There is a thing I love. It's sort of glorious sadness. That's exactly it. Glorious sadness. Yeah. Whimsical kind of uh, misery. So um, you mentioned another thing there. We're gonna we'll come to the tour in a moment. You mentioned Lebanon. Am I right in thinking your sister still lives there?
3: My sister, uh, yeah, and my brother still lives there, and my mum, who's ninety-one, has just moved back
0: to live with my with my brother. Yeah. So what's the situation like over there with this virus? Has it reached Lebanon? What's their current situation? Uh, I think it has reached Lebanon. Um, they've closed the
5: borders. Do you know what? I mean, Lebanon's been through so much shit that this is really not an issue for them, but um, <laughs> I think apparently they're quite tough with it. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, there's, uh, the army is
0: knocking people down, stopping people moving. You can't go into shops without having your temperature taken. Do you think we'll get to that here? Do you think we need to get to that here? Like I think the... We need to get to that
5: right now. I just think yep. it's insane. Honestly, I heard someone on the radio today that some woman works in a prison.
3: She's with prisoners all day, and she had met her grandchildren and her Children. She was eighty-one or seventy-one or something, and you just like, "What are you doing?" And like the presenter was like, "We well, just shouldn't be seeing each other right now." She goes, "Oh, why?" And it's just like, I mean, the stupidity level is insane. I-, I saw another person who said she was in a massive queue in a supermarket, and she was asked why she was there, and she said, "Well, we can't let it beat us." I mean, there are people fucking dealing with the virus,
0: so it's the fucking Nazis. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just there's some real. <laughs> I mean, personally. There's a natural selection thought, really. You know, I mean, these people are so stupid. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. Great loss. But the problem is <laughs> that they then hand it over to other people, and that's the real worry. Yeah. It's just stay the fucking doors. Yeah, I mean, there's a funny meme doing the rounds that's funny but also very poignant, and it says something to the effect of our ancestors went to war to fight and die. To save us, all we need to do is sit at home and stay on the couch to save them. So stay the fuck I home. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And that sums it up. I'm having no issues with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a man, though, the next thing I wanted to ask you, as a man with a wanderlust spirit who likes to travel, the inset of, uh, you know, being cooped up, does that is that on the horizon yet? Can you feel it creeping in? Well, I mean, obviously, all I'm thinking about is travel, and I'm
3: actually just... I'm doing a lot of uh, reading of some of my favourite travel books. I mean, the, is- the isolation is not keeping my travel bug away. So, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm basically reading all my favourite travel books. I've just reread Patrick Lee Furmore, uh, who wrote *The Time of Gifts and Between
0: the Woods and the Water, and he walked from London to Istanbul in 1933, I think. Wow.
3: And he walked through Nazi Germany and stuff. And I've just walked from Belgrade to Istanbul for this show, Pilgrimage. So it kind of brought a bit of that back. And also it's just like a time machine. And then also I'm reading this amazing book by Mark Twain. Mark Twain's sort of the thing that kicked him off. He went on the very, very first sort of passenger cruise uh, around the Mediterranean in 1869. And it's so achingly funny, and yet it's so weird. You kind of think back then, people didn't take the piss out of people. People didn't give each other nicknames. But, it, you know, it could be right now. It's so modern.
0: Wow. Um, and it's but it's like a time machine with, a, with a, like a perfect travel companion. It's called The Innocents Abroad, and I think it's my favourite travel book ever. It's amazing. I'm going to have to check that out. So you were in the middle of your Holiday Snaps tour when yeah. th- when this set in um the last time we saw each other was when we did the live q a last summer so am i yeah. am i am i right in thinking did that give you the taste for wanting to be back on the stage because the tour that you booked up was massive there was so many dates oh it was crazy uh,
3: and just so insane i think it was 56 nights and it was just i was going all over i'm writing a new book at the moment called such miserable weather about england about how i've kind of avoided traveling around england even though i've been everywhere else um so it was useful for that, and I was really loving it. And the tour was basically—it uh, was kind of trying to explain what I explained to you, like why I've got different types of fans. I've got people like me for my comedy, and people like me for my travel stuff.
5: And I think often people ask, "Why is the squirrel guy in North Korea?" Like, why that that? <laughs> yeah. So really, it was about trying to bring all that together. And it was showing how I've always been into travel from a, a kid. You know, I was into Tintin.
3: I wanted to get to all the places Tintin travelled to, and I've now done that. And when I was a kid growing up, the people I really looked up to were travel writers and foreign correspondents. So I've just always had that bug. And um, yes, yeah, so, and obviously I've got a vast amount of photos and clips from comedy and
5: serious travel that I've done. And my wife refuses to look at them because she's annoyed that I go off without her. <laughs> so I thought, well, what, what's the best way to do it? So i kind of, and it was going down really, really well. I have to
3: say it was the first time I felt, incre- it's only my second tour ever. It's the first time I felt really comfortable on stage and I've really got it nailed the reviews are really good so I mean obviously I had to stop it it'd be crazy but I was it's so sad because I was just loving being on tour but it's all been rescheduled now optimistically
0: for September onwards and then I've got an extra 50 dates next year as well so very exciting well let's pause for another song and we'll come back and chat some more Uh, the next one is love and rockets with American dream tell us about this one Dom I love Love
3: and Rockets. Love and Rockets are a spin-off from probably one of the ultimate art rock uh, goth bands, Bauhaus. And this is two members of Love and Rockets, uh, of Bauhaus going off to make Love and Rockets. And uh, just, they're a phenomenal band. Um, They have this kind of, it's got the sadness that you think you know from most of my choices. And it's got this kind of ethereal, really overly produced, feel to it that I absolutely love, and it's called uh, An American Dream. Uh, It's from their album called Express, which is a fantastic album, uh, sort of early 80s, and I've just been into this uh, album for so long. It's just one of those things I never, never, never tire of, and I just think it's a stunning song. (laughs)
1: Still on my feet
0: And Bauhaus were going to be playing some shows as well, weren't they? In May, I think it was. They were going to be doing Brixton Academy. There was a couple yeah. more. Did you get yourself tickets for those? Not that it's happening anymore, yeah. but... <laughs> I don't. I'm so bad at getting tickets for things. Like, when I find out things are happening, and then I kind of just never... I never know what I'm doing, so I never get organised for it. The only tickets I had for gigs coming up was I was going to see Nick Cave. Yeah, uh, at I'm the O2, was it? As well. uh, no, I was going to see him in Cardiff, actually. Nice. Um, yeah. I've still Um, never seen Nick Cave live, you know, never. I need to. No, nor have I, nor have I. I mean,
3: I, when I, um, uh, I, you know, I did this book called The Hezbollah Hiking Club. I walked across Lebanon last year and pretty much all the way across I was listening to The Skeleton Tree. I mean, there's a film about the making of The Skeleton Tree, which is just stunning. The Nick Cave films are amazing, you know, 20,000 Days on Earth skeleton tree one is incredible and there's a song called magneto on it which is i'm in love with and also the ship song is i haven't chosen a nick cape
0: for this but i you know i was tempted well it's hard isn't it when you've only got five oh yeah <laughs> but, it all the time. but at the moment I, I
3: and it was very easy these five actually
0: so the show itself you were doing was it essentially like i guess a slideshow of pictures and then you tell anecdotes that sort of contextualize them and we were you were you yeah. scripting it or were you kind of freestyling it on the night well, no, because I've always freestyled stuff. I always ad
3: lib, and uh, it's always how I've done everything. And it's kind of exciting, but it's, it's it just fills me with fear. And actually, I thought for once, I've really got to fucking work
5: at this. So i spent ages writing it up. And it is genuinely a PowerPoint. And yeah, I hope yeah, yeah. It's a bit more exciting than your average PowerPoint. <laughs> it's a PowerPoint, and I, I nailed it. I mean, I got it really good. I was worried I didn't have enough stuff. It was supposed to be 45 minutes on each half. And then the
3: first half I came off, my promoter said, you've just done an hour and a half. So, uh I apologise to the people at Coventry I went a bit long but I cut it right down and then it's 45 minutes 45 minutes so and it's sharp as anything and it's basically yeah photos amusing things I've seen weird signs and then clips from things um, little bits of stuff I shot in North Korea it's, it's all
0: sorts of weird stuff does the situation we're in right now remind you of anything you've experienced in your lifetime before Dom? It's yeah, kind of, because it's kind of it's new ground very, isn't it? I mean Growing up in Lebanon, I, I,
3: I, you know, we were often in in we were being shelled and bombed for up to three, four weeks, and we'd sit in the she- you know we'd sit in the basement and uh, basically just have to sit it out, and that was much worse. We didn't have the internet, we didn't have any connection with other people, and also it
5: was just absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I, mean, I think the terrifying thing about this this particular bug, this
0: virus, it reminds me a lot of when I went to Chernobyl for my book, The Dark Tourist. Yeah. I great Chernobyl, book. They, they Love call, that book. Uh, thank you. They call uh, the radiation, which
5: is what you're afraid of in, in Chernobyl, they call it the invisible enemy mm-hmm. uh, because you can't see it and you, it,
3: you get paranoid about whether it's coming into you or not. And that that feeling really reminds me when you're walking around, you're thinking, oh, my God, your tongue starts feeling metallic. And you're like, am I ingesting radiation? You know, and that. Feeling is very much the feeling you get when you're walking around at the moment now with
0: coronavirus because obviously it's invisible and that's what's so terrifying how do you think the government at least in the uk have have dealt with it so far i think they've been utterly appalling like
3: i was doing the tour i didn't know whether to stop or not i think we should have stopped probably two weeks earlier if someone had given us proper advice but you know you can't cancel unless they actually cancel and then when they get to the stage where they're actually uh telling people to do that rather than enforcing it they're telling they're suggesting Now, human beings need to be forced like if you see people and you think oh they're overreacting they're not going to do it and i think boris johnson just appears utterly incapable of making a decision he's not a leader he's a he's a sham he's a fake and uh, he's been called out here and he's really i mean i'm incredibly impressed with the chancellor i think he's a much more um decisive and and impressive character and then the idiot dominic cummings he's this sort of cod science geek who sort of thought he could sort it out with herd immunity which is just utter kind of just shit
0: science basically and i think he's gonna
4: (laughs) he's gonna be responsible for a lot of deaths i
0: think we went two weeks too too late yeah it was interesting wasn't it because even when they got to the point where they were closing down the pubs finally they still had schools open and you think well where's the logic there Uh, totally and then you've got that
3: twat from who owns weatherspoons you (laughs) know the same twat that went on about brexit and now he's urging people to go into his own pubs just to line his to line his own pockets and people still listen to these idiots i mean you've got idiots like friends of farage that are going on about how the whole thing is faked and we shouldn't you know we didn't close the pubs in the in the blitz you're like i mean how dim are these people and how dim are you to even
5: listen to these fucking morons yeah
0: i mean hopefully as you say though it will reveal the uh the fraudulence and the the phonies and and you know give people who are actually capable at their job the chance to shine and we can live in hope right right now right now point scoring is not you know i'm angry with it but
3: point scoring is not what it's about we just got to all get together and sort it out i mean there'll be a time afterwards for maybe looking at how people reacted i mean to be fair no you know this is such an unprecedented and crazy thing that you know no one's planned for this but i think I just think Boris Johnson
0: is a chancer, and he's not just like Trump is, it's just, these are not the people you want to be in charge when something really serious is going on. Hell no. Uh, the third song you've picked is by a pretty new band, I Know These Guys, very interesting, uh, very unique, Nothing But Thieves, and the song is yeah. Sorry. Uh, how did you discover yeah. these guys, Don? How did they get on your radar? Uh, well, these guys were big, trigger happy fans, and actually, um, me and my, uh,
3: sort of, Work partner Matt Campion. We made a music video for them. Uh, we made the song Broken Machine, and we did a special um, for mental health uh, for mental health charity. And they're very into kind of their mental health awareness. Some of the band have had issues with that, and they're just a really lovely bunch of guys. It's quite funny. They look almost like a band that's been put together. They got one guy who looks like he's in Nirvana, the lead singer is kind of very interesting looking and then there's another guy looks like he's in cold play they, they look like a band that shouldn't gel
0: together yeah i know and what they've, you mean they've been put yeah. together but, but they're not at all they're a, a, they're you know they grew up they were
3: mates i think it's they're from and uh they're just phenomenal and this song sorry is just beautiful they do an acoustic version of it as well which is incredible but i just i love this band nothing but thieves sorry
1: you yeah, might kill me with desire. Me tired of and why me tighter than no It's Something that you do to me. I run away like Mercury. And I know you think it's rough when you're trying to patch us up. And I say, honey, what is love? You just say I drink too much. Maybe I. Effective, or maybe I'm done. I'm sorry, so sorry for what I've done. Maybe I'm bad natured, or maybe I'm young. I'm sorry, so sorry for what I've done. And I'm the t shirt that.
0: So what are you doing to combat the boredom, Dom? You've been reading travel books, as you say. You've been playing board games with your family, uh, obviously taking yeah. the dog out for a walk, getting a bit of exercise. What else has been sort of your coping mechanism for just trying to stay, I guess, in a, a routine and active and distracted and productive? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a lot of writing.
3: I've got a new book I'm writing, which is about uh, travelling around Britain. I've got a sitcom... Which has been optioned by
0: Working Title, which I'm on about the fifth draft. So I'm just. I remember uh, you working on that uh, when we first met up. Yeah, it's been a, a while in the process, yeah. has it? Well, I mean, I've been, I, I keep getting sidetracked. Because I have to go off and do other things, and things move very slowly. Like if your entire life is just trying to get a sitcom going or a film going, I think I'd kill myself because it
5: just, <laughs> you know, you, you take ages doing it. You send it in, and it's like a month, and someone sends notes back. If that was your entire life, you go mental. But as it is. I've got lots on the go, so I just try and keep it all going. Earworm, uh, my
3: podcast, which is kind of weird phone calls, a new series of that is coming out uh, on Audible in, I think, the end of April. And I'm just trying to work out with Matt how we can do another series sort of remotely from you know with him at home and me at home. So having a look at that. But really writing is what I'm going to do. And then I've got this great idea for a film. Uh, I've never written a film, and I'm going to try and write a film about a bunch of I did Total Wipeout out ago. I went to Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Just the weirdest bunch of celebs. <laughs> and I've got this idea about a bunch of celebs who basically go to some foreign country to do a show like that, and then suddenly there's a revolution, and they're left on their own, and they have to use their
0: terrible celeb skills to get themselves out of trouble. So that's the idea. So amazing. Got further. Than that I'm going to start that. Yes, it should be quite cool. I I'm love it. About that. Lo- loads yeah. going on. I like the way you've always been a man of many, you know, many talents with your fingers in many pies as well. And I guess in a time like this you have to though. Oh yeah, of course. yeah line, I mean I'm in that situation now because I usually DJ a lot to supplement the podcast stuff and my writing and everything, and now obviously all the DJing has been postponed until yeah, further notice. Yeah, all the gone, isn't it? Isn't complete... Well, I've been seeing DJs that I know live stream DJ sets, which I think is the most pointless thing ever. Like, I can understand... people can dance on their own. Yeah, and just watch a DJ press play. Like, I can understand if it's somebody playing an acoustic guitar or it's, you know, a musical performance, but a live stream DJ set with no crowd in front of them, I can't really see the uh, appeal of that. I know. It's not easy being a DJ. I guess people are just trying to do what they can, though, aren't they? They're trying to think outside the box and just do whatever they can to... Either hustle a living crazy. or just get by the day. It is crazy how everyone
3: is doing stuff online now. I mean, obviously, and I think it's going to be a, there's going to be a massive. Uh, I mean, God, poor commissioning people at the end of this because just the amount of
0: ideas and stuff that people have created while they're stuck at home. You know, writers actually having to write. It's going to be a deluge. Well, my friend's wife is a midwife as well, and apparently the midwife community is terrified at the influx oh, of newborns come December. <laughs> nine months from now oh my god this is going to be insane yeah. uh, Dom let's break for your second to last song and then we'll come back and we'll wrap yeah. things up and have a, a little chat about what's coming up in the imminent future uh, Bon Iver is it, do you say Ivor or Iver how do you say it well it is Bon Iver he's a French Canadian and Bon Iver means good winter it's not his real name obviously and he's a kind of uh, he looks like a bear he looks like a man that lives in a log cabin in the middle of Quebec, and I think he pretty much is. Didn't he do that for his first album, wasn't his first album, literally just him in a cabin in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like Grizzly Adams has made an indie, indie album for it. <laughs> And uh, I heard
3: his first thing. I mean, Skinny Love was incredible. There's a song called Flume that I absolutely loved. Um, there's just something very stark about it, very isolated, I suppose, and that's probably from his lifestyle. There's a I don't know, there's just something very vulnerable about his singing, and I absolutely love it. And this song is called Hey Ma, and I heard this when I was driving across America uh, last summer, and I pretty much couldn't stop playing it. I just, it's just such a beautiful, uh, beautiful song. So it's it's Bonnie Iver with Hey Ma.
4: I took it remote I wanted a bed Tell the story or it goes Tell the story or it goes Full time You talk your money up While it's living to call mine. Told time to call your mind. Hey, my, hey, my. Told folks you know you mope it up. Well, you wanted it to hold.
0: beautiful music is exactly what we need right now isn't it escapist ethereal yeah sweeping know, music there, there are probably two different schools of thought you know there's some people that think we should
3: all be listening to have a dancing queen and stuff but there's nothing that depresses me more than supposedly happy music i'm really couldn't be happier with sad music <laughs> in
0: a funny way but that's because <laughs> i used to be a goth i think so uh yeah i love it so you have postponed dates that have been rescheduled for all going to plan September. That's when the Holiday Snaps Tour is going to pick back up. Yeah, so all the all the dates that were
3: going uh, have been rescheduled apart from three. And any of your tickets are just totally valid for that.
0: And that goes through September, October, November. And there's and a Birmingham, Birmingham date there. in that run, isn't there? There is a Birmingham date. Yeah, 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 I'll indeed. have to get oh, down bye, to bye. that and come see you. Can't wait. Yeah, do. That'd be great, and then I think that, and then there's another 56 dates next year, but I haven't announced them yet. But I'm very excited about that. So now this tour's really gone well, and I'm really it's really good. It's worth coming to. it, So genuinely, <laughs> is it going to be is it going to be the same uh, like show next year? Just other cities, or are you going to do a different format? No, it's going to be the same show because
3: it's gone so well. I, I
0: mean, I change it a bit every night anyway. To be honest, of course, yeah, because you're um, making it up on the spot and yeah. So I chuck stuff in, and there's enough.
3: There's enough room to risk in, in various places. But, uh, yeah, it is. There's been a lot of demand for it. And, you know, there are a lot of places
0: that haven't seen it. So I'm very happy to keep going with that. Great. Well, good for you, Don. I think a lot of people, when they do go on tour as well, they only tend to do the big cities. So when you go to these sort of more off-the-beaten-track towns, they're appreciative of any form of entertainment because so many entertainers overlook them. You know what? It's so true. and I really, really love going
5: these places i've been places. i'm I'm not ashamed to say i've never heard of yeah yeah. i had no
3: idea where they were and they've all just been incredible i mean especially writing this book it's really interesting anyway because it takes me to places that you just wouldn't go to normally but you're quite right there are certain places uh where literally like no one goes like when you look at the other things playing there it's all fucking tribute bands it's unbelievable Mm -hmm. this this tribute band circuit you know C D A C and john bobe
5: and stuff and (laughs) i'm like i'm sure they're good and i'm sure i really would enjoy the Australian doors but you know what just come and see something original so
3: uh, they love it when something comes in and and they are incredibly appreciative and a lot of these places are run by volunteers and stuff which is just amazing so I honestly I just I've had such a good time I loved being on tour and I just can't wait to get back.
0: And with the book have you been linking up with like local people in each area or have you just been doing your research and, and going around on your own how have you been using the time on the road to explore Britain as it were? Uh, well, there are certain things I wanted to go and see anyway,
3: like Birmingham, I'd always felt, I just don't like Birmingham, and I thought, that's my fault, not Birmingham's. <laughs> so I, I decided to really give it another go, and like I realised why I didn't like Birmingham's because if you don't know Birmingham, and you rock up, it's just really difficult to, it's not a walking
0: city particularly. No, not and, at and all. There's so many motorways, and then I discovered the canals, and then I discovered different
3: areas, I've stayed in Birmingham, I stayed actually on the campus of uh, Birmingham University for a week while I was doing the tour and i've really got fond of it and found some amazing places so it's about really giving places a second chance and then also uh i I use twitter a lot to basically say i'm going to be you know in yarn tomorrow anyone recommend something good or somewhere to see and
5: obviously most of them are get the fuck out of our town piss off but (laughs) you get someone like to suggest
0: something really good so no it's been brilliant Isn't that the great thing about the internet as well? Although it does have its downsides, you can just go online now and go, I'm going to be here next week. Any tips? And as you say, you will get some jokers who are like, we don't go to wherever, but then you do actually have genuine people who are in the know can share that knowledge. And it's better than a Google search, isn't it? It's much better. It's one of the great things about
3: having sort of a lot of followers you don't know. It means you've got a real random selection. So I use it as a sort of wisdom of crowds. I was in Cambodia once and said, landed Phnom Penh. What should I do? And obviously a lot of people said, go fuck yourself. But then uh, some guy said, oh, we vaguely know each other through someone, I'm a photographer here, and he took me out. And we just had an amazing time, and he showed you these incredible bits of Phnom Penh I'd have never seen. So yeah,
0: it's really useful for me as a as a travel thing. Have you got a release date in mind for the book, Dom? Well, it's an audio, but it's really interesting.
3: So Audible, who are these sort of audio people, um, this is the first time I've done it. they commissioned it as an audio book. So normally I'd write a book, It'll be published as a book and then it will go out as an audio. I would then read it and it will go out as an audio book. This time I'm writing the book, but it won't be published as a book first. It will first go out as an audio book exclusive
4: for a year on Audible and then I'll sell it on as a book. Nice. So it's kind of a quite interesting way to do it. So it means it'll be really quick. I'm,
0: I've got to give it in in June. And I would have thought it would be out pretty soon after that. So you're recording at home or you'd be going into a studio to do that? Well, I normally go into a studio, but yeah, you're quite right at the moment. Uh, i probably have to record it at home, I don't know. Don, thanks so much for taking the time, mate. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, as it always is. Final yeah, sort of thoughts. Fun, what do you think, you know, when we come out of this, when quote-unquote normality resumes, do you see a positive new world that we're going to enter into? Because I'm kind of hoping and thinking that what's happened is going to stop a lot of greed and as you were saying earlier self-interest i mean we can live in hope right do you think that perhaps when everything the dust does settle and we begin to pick up you know society where we left off do you think there'll be a newfound humility and appreciation and community for about three days it's a
5: shame because you know all these great
3: things are happening the fact that no one's going out in china means the uh, pollution has gone down you know none these stories that the canals in Venice are you know, becoming see-through, and all this stuff sounds great, people helping each other out. I mean, people are basically decent. I've always found that filming and in times of trouble and stuff, but uh, there are also a really serious amount of arseholes around as well, and I'm afraid they're always going to be there. So, you know what? We should all try and be nicer to each other, but it'll be business as usual three days
0: after this is all over. <laughs> I love it. Not not an optimist, not a pessimist, a realist. Yeah. Let's end with Marillion. Tell me about this track by them, Incubus, and then we'll uh, we'll say our goodbyes. Okay, so this is a very controversial choice, uh, and this will
3: probably distance some people, because uh, this is very much not my usual sort of stuff. You know, Marillion, prog rock. Uh, this is the Marillion with Fish, who was there for their first four albums, and I'm absolutely, as a, you know, from 17 onwards, I knew every word to these four albums. Marillion was my second gig I ever went to. Um, I just loved it. Trigger happy, actually, weirdly
0: is named after a Marillion song called Ricochet. Um, there's a song in it, I, there's a lyric, called, are you trigger happy, trigger happy. There you uh, I go, I never knew Abbey that. From Marillion. no one does actually, it's too embarrassing, but I think <laughs> I think I think
5: um, uh, Fish, or Derek Dick, in his real name, is uh, a really extraordinary lyricist,
3: an amazing voice, and um, when I did a, I did a show two years ago, I was filming with Ollie Smith, the wine expert from Saturday Kitchen, and it was about beer, it was called How Beer Changed the World, and we went, we were up in the Arctic Circle and it was dark and we were all day and we were sitting in the car and he played Marillion. He said, you'll hate this. And I go, oh my God, I love Marillion. And so we kind of both listened to Marillion. Then he goes, oh, I'm friends with Fish. So he rang up Fish from the Arctic Circle and I spoke to Fish. And that was just a really very surreal moment. And then walking across Lebanon for my book, The Hezbollah Hiking Club, I was doing a lot of listening. And one of the songs I listened to all the time was this song called Incubus. And I remember listening to this at school uh, it's weird i think at the beginning of it you won't like it like first minute possibly it'll put you off but hang in there because there's there's two chorus moments that i think are literally some of the most beautiful moments in all of music i, I genuinely do i think it's astonishing moments in this um so i hope you enjoy it this is marillion incubus stay safe out there.